Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the power of customer communities to drive great CX for everyone. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Jake Randall, COO of Common Room. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you. Uh, So why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Common Room. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I guess Common Room is my third startup here. Uh, I did a a healthcare startup and then spent the last 10 years of my career at Okta. So I think most people are now familiar with Okta, but it's a cloud security platform. So I was fortunate enough to join them when there were about 30 people and no revenue, and then left, I guess, end of this past year when they were, I'll say, bigger. Wow, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's some big growth there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was great. Um, and I did a lot of different things over my time there, but ended up uh, in my final role running go-to-market for one of our two main product lines, which was a developer-focused product line, right? So working with the developers of an organization, selling into their CTO or CIO, depending upon where those folks sat, to provide what we call a customer identity and access management solution. So it's basically how you log in to an app, so that front-end use registration. So a lot of customer experience aspects there. And the big thing in that time at Okta, and particularly with this product line, was that what we were seeing was that the way that people were thinking about discovering technologies and the way that they were adopting those technologies was fundamentally changing. And that's not to say that you know, that you're not going to have traditional marketing or salespeople out there. Right. But instead, you know, things are becoming much more digital. You know, there, there's the rise of, I'm assuming people are, are hopefully familiar with the concept of a developer relations role in a company. And so there's this real shift into the customer experience isn't about how you interact with, you know, an individual person anymore at your vendor, but it's instead how do you learn about what they're doing? How do you self-serve that information? How do you get comfortable with this being the right technology for you to use almost before you even talk to someone at that company? Um, and you know, developer relations fits into this broader concept of community, right? And how do you bring people together that have a similar view or a similar interest so they can share best practices and otherwise understand what that looks like? And so at Okta, the big problem I had was that no one understood really how to measure that, right? It was this yeah. fundamental growth engine 
for our business and how we thought about, you know, all the great growth, I guess, that I got to experience, but no one could tell me how to do it. And so as I started talking to other companies and there's, you know, that was a very, this is a very common problem. And so when I found Common Room, and I'm now the COO at Common Room, uh, as of the beginning of this year, that's basically what Common Room is trying to solve. So Common Room is an intelligent community growth platform. And our goal is to help you understand who are all these people that really deeply care about the problems you're trying to solve, but they're talking on, you know, third party or public forums, or they're tweeting about things, or there's LinkedIn posts, or there's podcasts about it as it may be. And that is actually the driver of that end user adoption. That is the driver of how people are thinking about your business and that you have to harness if you're going to achieve, you know, basically great customer experiences first and foremost, which then ultimately leads into growth and, you know, other KPIs that you want to go hit. Wonderful. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great... Great intro and a great segue to kind of get started here talking about the value of building customer communities and how it benefits both business as well as benefits uh, customers. Yeah. So why don't we start with a definition? You kind of, you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, let's start with a definition here of what defines community. What is, what is community from your standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I'll say is, you know, what it's not maybe. So I think historically, particularly in kind of tech or any real kind of industry, communities have been, you know, forums that you might go to or a bit more structured. Our view is that, and you know, what all of our customers really see is that community is any way that those, that your users interact with your brand and your, and your product, yeah. right? And so is, is that in, encompassing of, you know, as I said earlier, people that care about what you're doing and how do they find information about you? How do they share their views? And most importantly, how do they interact with each other? Right. Um, And, you know, I think the, the analogy I'll use here that helps a lot of people is that, you know, I think we're all members of communities in often in our personal lives, right? Maybe you're on in a, in a Facebook group or, you know, if you, I think, you know, one that I always think is interesting is if you like to go out to eat, you might go on Yelp or other services like that. That's effectively a community where you're leveraging other people and their views and how many stars they might give something as an example to better understand the decisions that you want to make and how to think about where you want to go to dinner, right? As an example here. Yeah. But that same idea of how we all interact, I'll say, in our personal lives is more and more for all the obvious reasons over the last couple of years that we all experienced influencing how people are making decisions in their business life also, right? That's great. Yeah. And I, I like the I like the different examples there. So, you know, although I'm sure, you know, they can vary based on business and vary quite drastically, what defines a successful customer community? Yeah, it's a great question. To your point, it varies a lot uh, depending upon the business. I think the main thing I would focus on is how self-sustaining it is, Mm. right? So, and what I mean by that is, are people answering each other's questions? Because if it's just you as, I'll say, the vendor, the purveyor, 
coming in and answering every, you know, post that happens, then like, it's not really a community. It's more just, I don't know, a place to go get help. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. right. Um, And a community, I think, again, if you just reflect on it in terms of how you might think about it in your personal life, like what's powerful about the community is that you have a lot of people that have a similar interest that, you know, have perspectives that can be helpful to you and that want to share that opinion and they want to be part of something with you. Right. And so the more that you can then focus on, is it self-sustaining? Are you getting responses from other members of your community? Is that community growing? Right. All those aspects that really starts to ultimately create a successful community. But I think more importantly, start to create that kind of flywheel effect you want to positively impact potentially other parts of your business that you might care about. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, you know, there's been communities created to various success by companies over the years, but, you know, what are, what are some of the aspects that maybe have been overlooked when creating them that you've identified and and are providing solutions for? There's, I think, a couple areas here. One is as people have become more and more comfortable with multiple platforms, I'll call it. Right. So again, just to try to tie it in for everyone, you know, I'm sure many folks that, you know, you're on Twitter, you're on LinkedIn, you're in, you know, very other forums. Right. right. Um, so the first thing is your community doesn't live in one place. And so we talk about you have to go meet your, your users where they are. So if you're in a, like a developer heavy, very kind of technical community, there's conversations having happening in, you know, Stack Exchange, right. on GitHub, they're tweeting about things, they're in Reddit, whatever it may be. And so I think the first thing that Common Room does that has been, you know, beneficial to all of our customers is bring together all those sources so that your community and then help you understand that this is Jake or this is Greg. And then, and yeah, Jake and Greg might be having conversations across different places, but fundamentally, it's not, you know, random user handle this, right? Or um, username that, it's this is Greg. And this is, what, and this is where, this is what Greg, you know, this is where Greg works. This is his relationship with us if you're a business, right? So he's got a subscription for X dollars or however you want to think about that. He's asking these questions across all these different platforms. And so now you have to really understand who your end users are and what they care about. And that hasn't been easy really for any community leader, right? Communities have been helpful for various reasons as we've talked about and and there's been plenty of successful communities, but understanding really who someone is and that relationship with them has always been a big gap for community leadership. And then once you establish that, the other thing that we do is we layer on, you know, various natural language processing and AI and all those fancy buzzwords that, you know, people talk about these days. Um, but we actually do it and it becomes really helpful because, you know, for some of our communities, there's literally hundreds of thousands of activities in any given you know, day or week. And that's a lot of information that you've got to separate the signal from the noise. Right. And so what are trending topics? What do people care about? What's the sentiment? Right. Is this is this person upset? Is this account generally upset? Right. These are all things that by bringing all the information together and aggregating it in a tool like Common Room and then layering on you know these various um, kind of services that we provide to that data, we can help you understand the key drivers of your community and where you need to take action. Got it. Yeah. 
So let's um, switch gears a little bit, but uh, you know, just talk specifically about how customer communities can enhance the customer experience. So how would you characterize the way that a successful customer community can enhance CX with a, a product or a service? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is really just getting people the answers they want more quickly. And what I mean by that is, right, like, I think hopefully people understand this and hopefully people have all been members of communities, but rather than, you know, I joke about this for, for a lot of our customers, their customers, they don't want to file a ticket with your support system, right? They want to go ask a question of the community and then they're going to get, instead of getting an automated response for ticketing process and getting, you know, your support agent to call them back 24 hours later, they're going to have someone who's just like them that, you know, has a similar role in a similar company or type company say, hey, I ran into the same problem. I tried X, Y, Z. And then five minutes later, another person's going to say, oh, that's really interesting. I never tried that, but I tried ABC, right? And now you're actually engaging with, I'll say, your fellow practitioners to understand like what actually works. It's not the canned response. It's your peers. It's your community telling you, here's what you should go try, right? And so when you start thinking about like that as an end user, that's going to be a much better experience for you because you can either ask your question or often you can search questions that have already been asked, look at those answers, understand what's going on there. And so it really just becomes about faster time to value, faster realization of solutions for your problems. And I think most, and then probably most importantly, it creates relationships, right? And for a lot of communities that we support, they have meetups in the, you know, various large cities and you start to build a network of folks that again, care about, if you get back to what is a community, is people that are like, you know, that care about similar things that you care about that want to talk about that. And that all results in ultimately the community member being, you know, better at their job or more successful in whatever they're trying to, to solve. Nice. Yeah. Um, and do you have an example uh, that you could share of a, a customer community that enhanced? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we're fortunate that we work with a lot of great companies. You know, I think you can go to our website and people can look at them. But probably one of my favorites is uh, DBT Labs. So they're, uh, they're the maintainers of an open source tool. And so they have 24,000 data practitioners in their community, right? So a relatively large community, 24,000 people have said, hey, like, I love thinking about how to transform and think about data. And so what we help DBT Labs do is understand, like, who are their top advocates, right? So who are the people that are answering the most questions, they're being most helpful to their community so that they can find folks that are doing that and, you know, and celebrate them and make sure they understand how much they approve it, or also find folks that are, you know, on the cusp of that, if you will, right? And how do we help activate people so we get into that self-sustaining, successful community? But then we also go in and to the point of analyzing that data, we're able to say, these are the main topics and themes that are being talked about in your community. Here's things that have a positive sentiment, or here's topics that have a positive sentiment around it. Here's topics that have a negative sentiment around it. And so that lets us help DBT do then is they can go and you know, their product team can look at it and think about how do I create better product experiences? Because the community is telling me that 
they're struggling here. So back to the customer experience standpoint, like one of the things I joke about is that in my time at Okta, we used to do customer advisory boards where you bring in 10 people that paid a lot of money, essentially, for your product, <laughs> right? Right. But that's just, that's not really that effective. What, don't you want to go, and I'll use a DBT example, don't you want to go and ask 24,000 people that have said, I love your product and I use it every day and I'm talking about it with my peers, ask them and understand from them what they care about? That's a much more authentic way to create better customer experiences, to create better customer value, and ultimately leverage that data to really you know, drive your business forward. Right. Um, so that's, you know, I think that's a great example of how a community, you know, how a successful community and then the right tooling around it can create all these things that are both beneficial to your customers and to your business. Yeah. That's, that's great. And so, you know, to that, to that point, let's now, you know, we focused a little more on CX. Now let's talk more about the, the benefit to uh, business outcomes. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, there, I think there's a lot of obvious things like increased customer loyalty and everything certainly, yep. you know, falls in line. But, you know, from, from your perspective, what are some of the other benefits that a successful customer community can gain at a business level? Yeah. So one of the things that's fun about community and that I love about working in it every day is that it can really benefit, you know, if you think of the whole customer life cycle. Their applications for you know marketing, sales, customer success, right? All, all those areas. Um, so one of the things that you know we do with a lot of our customers, and actually Figma is a great example. Just to give you one more example of a customer, is help them understand the impact of their community. So a little bit to your prior question, what's like in gaps in communities is people really understanding the impact that it can have has been a softer. I'll say, <laughs> um, tool for a lot of companies. And so, you know, that's a big part of what Common Room can provide. And so we're able to show that for many of our companies or our customers, I should say, that a lot of their leads, essentially, in the traditional marketing sense, actually originate in their community. So people are going to go and they're going to find the community. They're going to ask their question. They're going to try to understand, oh, are there other people like me that are trying to solve a similar problem and does this solution help me with it? And then once they feel comfortable with that and they're asking questions, then they'll go, you know, maybe spin up a free trial or whatever that next step is. So we're able to show that there's massive lead kind of gen aspects for your business. And that also within that, we're able to show that once you bring them in, if they've been engaged in your community, they have faster time to close and higher average deal sizes which makes sense if you think about it, right? Because you're like, okay, I've got an, essentially I've gotten a free reference almost, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you think yeah. from my peers to say, this is the right solution for this, I'm able to self-serve back to the prior example I gave around kind of the, the support deflection almost use case there, right? Self-serve my answers. And so I don't need to talk to sales and marketing at your company. Right. I'm comfortable with this. I, I want to progress into being a paid customer. I don't need to negotiate. I don't need to spend much of time, right? And so you see companies, you know, like Figma, and there's plenty of other companies, you know, at Atlassian, Temporal is one of ours, where that that community kind of flywheel, that end user flywheel effect that they're able to generate becomes a massive driver in, in efficiency for their customer acquisition funnel also. Yeah, and so to you know to follow on this, you've definitely touched on this, but you know when when thinking about our return on investment, then you know in this, 
what's a realistic way? Because I, you know, I would imagine some of these some of these organizations like they needed to build a community, and you know, so day one, it what they weren't necessarily you know massively increasing sales or you know lengthening life cycles or anything. So, you know, what's, what's a good way to look at ROI when, when you're looking at customer communities? Yeah. Super interesting question. I kind of mentioned some of them, but we work a lot of, I'll say commercial open source companies. And um, if you look at, you know, we could have a whole other podcast on what's going on in the markets, obviously in the venture and all that, but you know, there's plenty of companies that have raised money around their community, quite frankly. Right. Um, and so I think that's just like, that's not actually how you calculate ROI, but I think it, it speaks to how people are starting to understand the power and the relevance of a strong community. But when it comes to actually measuring the ROI of it, I think you end, you end up often in areas that are closer probably to like, if you know, any of your listeners are familiar, like marketing attribution yeah. type concepts, right? But using the example I was using previously, if we can go in and Common Room can show you that this number of leads are generating out of your community and that they're closing faster for larger ACV or average deal size, that starts getting, it actually becomes pretty easy to quantify it, right? You're like, yeah. hey, I'm spending, you know, I've got this many people working on my community team. I'm paying some money for these tools and I'm generating this many leads into our business and I'm helping deals close faster. That's worth something to any business. Right. Um, And so I think that's one of the almost back to, I I mentioned that maybe community has been a little softer (laughs) at times in the past. It's a, it's a myth, I guess, in my mind where we're seeing more and more companies that have leveraged their community to, basically a create a business and then b drive a business and then you know and lastly i I guess c we can actually quantify it right because we can go and we can tell you all these metrics around how it's feeding your funnel or deflecting support cases or otherwise supporting these i'll say more traditional concepts of how you would run your go-to-market team yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, some of the, some of the customers that you mentioned, I mean, I not only am I familiar with the products, but I know of them as having strong communities. And so, yeah. you know, whether you're early stage and I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, at a, at a certain stage in a startup, raising money is, <laughs> is the ROI. And, you know, as, as a company grows, obviously you need more paying customers and larger deal size and, and all that stuff as well, of course. But I think, totally agree with everything you're saying and you know it's it's really that's really interesting that again some of those those companies you mentioned are ones that again from my perspective i know of them like figma you know i know there's a really strong community around it and that's that's how it grew the way that it did yeah no i mean they're they're an amazing success story obviously i mean one of the things it's it's, you know it's a public tweet so i not but like dylan their ceo will when he you know talks about his talks about Figma, he talks about their community. He doesn't say, hey, I want to thank our customers. He says, I want to thank our community. I think that's a really great example of just that shift in mindset, right? And if you think about your customers, not as customers, although I just use the phrase, but instead your community and the people that care about what you're doing and that it's really important to them and that they're not just a customer, but instead they're, they're, they're part of it, right? You're all part of one big community trying to create a better way to design, right? In the case of Figma, that's a really powerful shift in your thought process, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, one last question before we wrap up here. Uh, you know, for those that are maybe not quite as far along as 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 Figma or you know some of the yeah. others that we yeah. that we mentioned, you know, what's what's a piece of advice you'd have for for a leader as they they know they need to do something, but where do they get started with with growing a customer community? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to do it, and there's a lot of great, honestly, like free tools to do it, right? I mean, Twitter, Slack. Um, there's all sorts of ways. I mean, lots of our kind of smaller companies they just have a they have a Slack community, and it's free to get started. Um, so it doesn't need to start as something that is this massive investment. But I think having a really clear, the biggest thing I would say is have a really clear understanding as to what type of community you want to build. And I think the easiest way to think about it is, are you trying to build a customer community or are you trying to build more of a practitioner, like thought leadership community, right? Um, So, and, you know, and just quickly to give an example on that, some of our customers, their community is very much, these are our customers. It is a way for them to, you know, ask support questions or things that are more in line with what being an actual customer would entail. And then there's other communities that are more around, hey, if you care about this topic, then come here and like learn about it and we'll talk about it. And yeah, obviously there's a, you know, there's a thought that over time you're going to eventually say, wow, this is a great community. And like, isn't it run by this company? And I should go check out this company. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's, you know, it's that idea of, I think communities are a different way to think about some of the other marketing tools people are more familiar with, whether, you know, writing blogs or SEO and that kind of stuff, right? Community is actually this very powerful way to go and get information and learn about a topic and build in turn your relevance to that topic, right? So that when people start thinking about, oh, I need something to help me with X, Y, Z, they go to your brand, right? Because they've hard to associate their community experience with how you can help them in that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Jake, thanks so much for joining. Uh, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously you can, you know, I guess follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn and all the fun community things, or you can, uh, you know, check us out at commonroom.io and, uh, we'd love to hear from you and look forward to hopefully supporting everyone who's interested in their community journey. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Jake Randall, COO of Common Room, for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 